Okay, guys, so I think I got myself together. So I'm going to redo two posts I did as well because I feel like I've been neglecting my creativity with the with a white tone and that white gaze you know it happens to the best of us it's something that's deeply embedded in us and I feel like after I read this episode you'll have a way better understanding of why that can come about for any of us so this episode is going to be about a term that I created that came to me about from spirit and God about maybe six months ago or eight months ago I'm not sure but a while back and it just kind of came to me and I was like man I think it's because I love alliterations <laughs> but I was just like our mind is not even our mind it came from once I realized we we're not our thoughts and and or any of the things that we go through in our systems and we are in the driver's seat of our car I was like, but you know, the mind, it sounds like someone who hates us. And I was like, that sounds like the masa, the, the master, the, the colonizer. And so I came up with the term masa mentality. And so I want to go into my definition of what I call the masa mentality and the many aspects of it that are still unfolding. Masa mentality is an adapt, adaptive mental construct and defensive mechanism of the oppression happening with that within our systems stored in our subconscious programming i also feel it works hand in hand with post-traumatic slave syndrome as one of the mental constructs manifested as a result of the centuries of intergenerational traumas slavery and oppression and a lifetime of experiences that portray this way of thinking as fact not just opinion or or feeling it manifests and shows up through the ego and how its sense of self has been conditioned around eurocentric standards of all the above left for defining by the enemy master colonizer who saw and feared our potential and power and once realized it did everything in their power to break down our spirits to keep us stuck in mental resistance of fear this is why collectively we are disparagingly behind the curve of other races in spiritual evolution because of this re of the residual effects of the colonization of our minds and constant perpetuation of inferiority self-doubt imposter syndrome and hopelessness due to exposed traumas from every aspect of our lives especially in which was the epicenter of this heinous environment and crime against humanity our minds up until now because now you are aware were the masters of our energy who before reading this didn't have the ability to be in the driver's seat but in the back seat without every move being controlled from the perspective of the roots of white supremacy. The mind became the master, manipulator, hence the name, deflecting and creating defense mechanisms to blame others so you couldn't realize your perceived savior was really the abuser. Kind of like Stockholm Syndrome, making you the oppressed, become an unconscious oppressor and henchman for the agenda of white supremacy and spiritual domination. We have not been thinking with our essence, but with the white colonizer's mind, the masas or masters perspective and mindset. That's why there is no self-love. We see our people with such disgrace and unconscious bias and have adapted mental shadows that have been infiltrated into us through rigorous programming from the roots of slavery. The theory of the colonizer's agenda. It is the domination and power by any means necessary to gain control over a perceived threatening group through manipulation of the psyche or spirit filled with 
fear-based illusions to keep us stuck in belief systems and thought processes that paint a false sense of self and reality. Think of it as a toxic partner who will do, say, and try anything to prevent you from getting free using tactics like divide and conquer through unconscious bias, deflection, white supremacy mindset, fueled with elitism, entitlement, narcissism, gaslighting, egocentricism, egotistical white privilege. These adaptations are part of our subconscious, not ours. Like I've been saying, luckily we are not our minds and can choose to break free and detach from that crap that has fueled our minds with lies, manipulation, and illusions to keep us stuck in this inner turmoil of fear, anxiety, and repression of self, which in essence is our emotions and feelings. Due to the race card, a deflection tactic used against us in this Eurocentric society, gaslighting us with this internalized shame, which leads us to depression, hopelessness, and deviant shadows as a last-ditch effort to conform or feel rebellious. That's the fake revolution. It's a trap, bruh. There are also... There's also this dissociation from our true essence and body, not fully living in our light and authenticity. Side note, do you know why stigmas are created? To perpetuate this inner battle that you're already dealing with because it's fueling you with guilt, shame, and self-judgment. Whenever you put guilt, shame, and self-judgment in anything, it increases a whole plethora of confusion and turmoil. This is all strategic, guys. You have to stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. Think about the PPP loans, government assistance, unemployment. All these things used to have a, a welfare. All these things have this negative connotation attached to it. You know why? Because instead of looking at it as equity or a way to give us some type of um, equality um, in, in a society that's constantly systematically uh, oppressing us, it makes us feel like, oh, you're a victim. Oh, you you lazy or you're that. All of these negative, dense feelings that's keeping our spirits down. This fuels us with this internalized helplessness, hopelessness and victim mentality that we're not really it. We're constant. We're in this vicious cycle in society that makes us feel like we're bad for doing things and trying to do our best. They say, "Pull yourself up by your bootstraps," but nigga, you ain't trying to. You you stop stop telling me that, bro, because you know you the system is set up to make it dang near impossible to do that. This is why spirituality and the spiritual awakenings have been going through a route of trivial and psychological diagnosing. I don't know if y'all noticed, but. There is a mass awakening within the ancestral spirit of our people and the agenda, the elite, they realize this. They're getting desperate and are turning this new age spirituality and the rise of the ancestral spirit into an opportunity to reoppress us. Treating spirituality like a religion with further indoctrination to keep our spirits oppressed once again. Fueling the newly awakened people who look like us with the unhealed energies these are people who may be teachers and kind of, you know, trying to do what I'm doing, but they aren't aware. They aren't even aware this has been mapped out since slavery. So they don't even know that they have this mentality. So the stuff that they're teaching as these energies are awakening, they're putting them out there into our communities, trying to lead us into salvation, not even realizing they're still thinking with a white supremacist mindset. They're the Masa mentality. They are already aware of these people who are doing this. The they, you know how I always say they, these people are aware of how the psyche and awakening works and know exactly what to put into our systems 
to keep us oppressed and in a state of re-traumatization. And so I always say filter the subconscious, the eyes, ears, and mind. Filter what you consume because those things are fueling you with these feelings, continuating this vicious cycle. This was strategically done with psychology as a means of mind control for the sake of consumerism, capitalism, and spiritual vampirism for the most elite groups of people. Wake up, y'all. So let's get into solutions, solutions, how to dismantle. The goal is decolonization of the mind to dismantle the indoctrination of education, spiritual and religious systems based off of roots of white supremacy. Awareness, acknowledgement is always the first step. You got to stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. So you already got that down. You 90% of the way. You already know what's up now. You already know those thoughts that run in your head. That's not even you. Self-accountability. I can't say it loud enough. We cannot heal if we cannot see the the ways in which we have perpetuated the disparities within our own culture. However, no, it's not your fault until now. Because <laughs> now you know and you can't pretend not to. Now you have a responsibility. How many of you have ever told someone, black, your own people, it's not always about race, bro. Stop playing the race card stop being a victim stop being, i've i know i i recently just did this like this is how i know like i said the resistance is strong the battle is strong it's not for the meek not even aware of the psychological and spiritual damage you are doing to that person who has vented to you and expressed their plight as being a black person in america or anywhere you don't understand the damage you do When we as a wounded soul felt we could come and be vulnerable and seek of refuge only to find out you were leading me back to my masa when I thought you were taking me to the underground railroad of spiritual and mental salvation. Wake up, people. It's not you. Get out like the movie. (laughs) You're in the sunken place. Tackle post-traumatic slave syndrome. This will validate your ways and justify some some of the ways so you don't have so much internalized guilt shame or self-judgment and can cultivate self-compassion self-acceptance self-love for that wounded ancestral spirit that lives within you now you also can bypass the inner child work the shadow work and of course ego work because that is the essence of the master mentality so do you see why we got to go through all this crap and you want to say pull about a bootstrap nigga please i gotta heal not only the whole ancestral spirit that has had no conscious awareness of the mental enslavement I've been under for all these years. But on top of that, I got to heal all the traumas that I may have experienced secondhand from growing up or don't even add in sexual abuse or any other kind of traumas that you may have uh, um, gone through. And then the shadow work and then, you know, the ego work, all of this stuff. Are you kidding me? It, we are miracles. If you still have your a good frame of mind and you can make it and work and, and take care of your child and, and, and take care of your basic needs, you are a miracle. This world has set up everything to leave us out for dead. And we are still here, baby. If that's not resilience, if that doesn't show you the strength that you have, if that doesn't show you how highly favored and how much grace God has given you, I don't know what will. The next one, unlearning the health and nutritious nutrition, psychology, music, media constructs that have been built off of covert white supremacy and capitalism. These are the ways that they infiltrate the manipulation into our spirits. Then you have vent work, 
sacred space to share our stories and feel validation in our feelings by people who can truly empathize with us. I like to call these compassionate conversations to heal. Then you have self-admittance from allies. We have, and specifically white allies, we have collectively vouched for and co-signed white identity development for all anti-racist white people to shift the collective mind. We are one mind, so we cannot just shift ours alone and think that change is going to come. We have to shift the ones who actually hold the privilege. In our mind, yeah, it says we have privilege, but we don't. That's a false illusion. They have the Masa mentality too. Their true essence is being masked as well. We got to work in collaboration. Divide and conquer is a tactic for power and control for a reason. Let's dismantle it. Relearning more about our ancestors, lineage, history, spirituality, holistic healing, all in the name of connecting back to our roots. The critical race theory, fact versus feeling. Look into that. Look into all kinds of things. You know, emerge yourself in, 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 in true um history not his story um reparenting honoring the grief shame guilt and judgment anger rage sadness that arise from the realization that your mind has been running you stealing your joy and shine this far it's okay everything happens in divine time it's time now don't turn back redefining our culture to suit our true essence and authenticity without all of the fostered without all of the fostered I mean, festered deviances that have infiltrated and normalized, that have been infiltrated and normalized within our culture. Reframing the things we have been led to feel shame for, adaptations that aren't actually bad, but that was part of the plan, right? To make us feel as such. You can't strip us of our essence anymore, bitch. <laughs> Healing our way without all the psychology mumbo jumbo. They're feeding us to keep our awakening spirits oppressed once again we can't go through no re-oppression y'all yeah i know i'll be making the words i don't care <laughs> dang this this stuff is crazy build a sense of community even if virtual to dispel the crabs and barrel in the barrel approach collaborate try to prove the master's voice in your head wrong all of the preconceived notions about us as people from a judgmental and prejudiced not compassionate stance that kind of goes with that how I was saying sometimes the assuming is the devil. How I, how we always look at each other and we're prejudiced of our own people. You know, you pass by a black woman and you're a woman. You speak, you say something, and you feel like she ain't say nothing back, and you start going in your head, going off about black women and and bashing your own people and why we this and why we that, and you know that's part of that massive mentality. It's not you. Start proving the mind wrong. That is one of the major tactics to dismantle the massive mentality is doing things to prove it wrong. In conclusion, ultimately, it's the biggest construct and adaptation within the subconscious mind. It's the defense mechanism in the mind that is masking the wounded slave or ancestral spirit. It's the secret survival tactic that we learned, which was conformity, code switching, and the illusion of submission. Only thing is, after so long, we've become unconscious of this mindset and have been living on cruise control in the backseat of our car, a.k.a. energetic vessel. As henchmen, Uncle Toms, Karens, and oppressors of our own. This is because there is a constant battle within our entire energetic being. Between our soul who wants an uprising and our ego who wants to stay safe and listen to Masa. Even after the threat is gone and the gates are open. It's because the damage runs so deep. Like a 30-year-old convict who just got out at the age of 60. 
is lost and confused and scared. After getting free, you almost don't want it because you just feel so defeated and broken, not even knowing where to start. The fear runs in your veins and, and in your heart, and your anxiety of the unknown is unbearable and debilitating. Am I going to fail? Am I going to succeed? Everything seems like imminent danger. That's the worst case scenario and what ifs survival tactics stored within our subconscious. That's why you may have a lot of deflection, a lot of prejudice or unconscious bias, but behind that you still have that distrust of the white man, still have this fear of the white man, which creates a, a roadblock in many aspects of your life. But my journey speaks on the spiritual aspect. You feel as though you can't get the resources and the spiritual evolution that you need because of a lot of the representation is by a white man. A lot of the modalities are not of your ancestors. A person who triggers your unconscious wounds and they're basically, these people are triggers of your unconscious wounds of the ancestor. This strategic marginalism is the reality that there's no representation and we're always going through this battle in this constant state of conformity between remaining enslaved as a henchman, aka a cellite to, a cellite to our souls and ancestors to fulfill that longing to have the same worldly abundance you see within them or liberate your spirit heart and soul and know the true bliss of infinite peace and abundance we're creating our own american dream screw what they're trying to sell us the heaven you're seeking is right here if you just walk through the gates so like i say are you with me rise and shine your light and opulence my solution seekers it's your girl the spiritual activist coming to you with another word opinion message theory whatever so on today's episode, it's going to be kind of a quick one. It's just kind of explaining and reiterating about a lot of my MO, what I kind of try to do, which is making you aware of how your mind could possibly work, making you aware of how the, I feel like the African-American mind has worked for so long through, you know, evolving and adapting based on the experiences that we've had throughout our lives in society and through media depictions, you know, socialized racism and all these other things that kind of make us who we are and make us think and internalize things the way we do. And what had, which has shifted, I feel like, our perspective to be very dense, very negative, which has fueled our ego and made it very big and full of these false narratives that, you know, keep us in these illusions of that are not, reality you know uh, keeping us engulfed in so many layers of darkness and um just seeing things from such a negative perspective with everything seeing the worst case scenario um having so much anxiety so much fear so much depression because we have not been shown a way to see the light in life and that's part of transmuting transmuting is changing darkness to light and, and that's like the spiritual kind of definition the psychological definition to me is basically reframing, cognitive reframing is basically shifting your perspective from something that makes you, you know, stagnant um, to feel more empowered. That's kind of like my way of, and it's all helps liberate your spirit. Our spirit has been oppressed. And, and so to liberate it, you need to change your mind. The re be transformed through the renewal of the mind. The renewal of the mind is part of this uh, reframing, um, rewiring, reprogramming, 
you know, all the things that we feel individually. And this is where the uh, autonomy comes. Everything that I feel may have held me down and held me back may not be something you feel like held you down and held you back. And that's why there is power and perspective and understanding that helps you accept people for where they are and doesn't make you want to debate and change and convert everybody. Because what I feel may be something that, uh, um, Okay, here's a quick example that I can think of off the top of my head. Say I feel like, man, whoopings were something that really that I really feel like such and such made me feel this way or or hurt me or this and that. Somebody else may feel like, well, I feel like whoopings made me strong and it, you know, helped me. That is how their mind has helped them um see the lighter side of that pers- they've shifted their perspective to see it in a way that it empowers them. Whereas I perceived it as something that I feel like may have hurt me emotionally. No way is right or wrong, but in their understanding, knowing that not everyone has the same mind and, and taking everything with a grain of salt, because my 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 intentions is not to make you have my mind. My intentions is to help you understand the foundation, which is how to transmute and shift the perspective, because when you to renew yourself, you have to transform your mind. Your mind is the thing that's holding you with all of these illusions and holding you stuck because you think this is the reality when really it's not. A thought has the capability of being changed. It is just a narrative. It is just a story. And you have the control to change that story, shift that perspective, let release that story if it's no longer needed from the past or shift the um, the idea of what that story can be if you have an anxiety of the future. Basically, the control rely, lies in you, not in your thought. You are not your thoughts. And once you transcend the mental constructs of the mind, once you transcend, which is like getting past it, once you truly get through it, then you can see it for what it is and you can detach from the things that hold you down. You can detach from the roadblocks in life. And so um, this one, this one specifically is going to be about fear of success. If you think about and and a big part of my thing also is that um, I feel like being aware of the narratives that we have been taught about our ancestors, you know, um, slavery, etc. They can either empower you or fuel you with fear. But having an understanding of their circumstances can shed light on why we have adapted to certain behaviors and thought processes. Like I always say, you stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. Um, and also, my other little saying is, when you get to the roots, you find the solution. So being aware of not only the the downfalls or the dysfunctions of our ancestors, but also harnessing the things that they did that helped them persevere and, um, you know, gain resilience also. But, you know, being aware of these theories of what our ancestors may have been through kind of sheds light and gives us insight on why we behave a certain way or why we think a certain way, because that reflection kind of helps us gain power. For me, it does. And so I'm not saying it may be for you, but, you know, if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if it is, it's worth a try. You know what I'm saying? Like I always say, be trisexual. Try something once. If 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 it ain't, I mean, if it's not working, why not try it? You know, why not try another solution? But so yeah, so just having that idea, understanding that maybe things that our ancestors did have manifested intergenerationally, passed down and instilled in us through our parents. That's why usually when I talk about stuff, I always have a breakdown of like. The history of the ancestors, the theory of that, the social programming, um, you know, the expectation and 
and it comes down to the solution. So you're starting off with the roots and as you see, it trickles down and leads to the solution. It, it all falls together in my outlines, but um, I'm getting better and better organizing that setup. But so basically fear of success. This is kind of that it goes with imposter syndrome, which is the idea that you don't feel like you got to where you are by your true value or your true skills or and you feel like some way you're a fraud or you're not um truly capable of where you're supposed to be and i and i deal with this a lot being a visionary being a pioneer of something stepping out of my comfort zone being what i call consider a type of an activist it's a scary job because we have so many depictions of activists you know uh, and what they what they go through what they have to sacrifice and so not realizing that there's many forms of activism and just you know just knowing that I am worthy. No one can tell me my perspective is invalid, like that my feelings are invalid, that my story has no meaning, that my trials and tribulations have no way to teach somebody. No one can tell me that. That's why I'm not in the game to debate. We can have a compassionate conversation, but I don't debate. I don't convert. If you don't feel like what I'm telling you, you can use, then fine, take it or leave it. Um, take everything with a grain of salt because my journey is not your journey, but my journey, my story has been put here for my audience. Your story has been put there for your audience. I don't take away from anybody's um, journey. That's why I don't debate because your truth is your truth. If you truly in your heart feel like that's working for you, I will never try to stop you from doing it. And this is the thing that we all need to have because that's the point. We always want to control people and we're so stuck and solidified in our beliefs that we feel like that is the only belief there is to have. That that, that, that It's a, how can I say, end all, be all. That it's a, everything else is wrong and, and my way is right. You have your own moral compass and, I don't, and it's not our job to just force other people to be what we want them to be to, that, because it makes us feel more comfortable. So back onto this fear of success where things are going good. And the reason why I'm thinking about this, everything I do obviously comes from my own personal experience. That's what inspires these episodes or whatever. But, you know, as I transcend thought processes, your mind has a way of trying to resist it because it's something new. It's a change. The ego doesn't like change. And as a black person, our ego has been it's like the whole idea of our ego has been fueled with as African-American. I feel like in America, the whole identity of it has been fueled in things that are not true to us. So you're literally shifting and renewing your whole identity. You have to die. That identity has to die in order for you to renew and to grow. And with that, it's going to come with resistance. It's going to, even from the people around you, you're going to feel projections of them resisting that energetic pull as you are, you know, evolving and changing. You will feel that energy of people around you, you know, resisting that energy because you're changing the mind. You're shifting the consciousness. We are one mind collectively. And as you evolve and change these thought processes, you know, and, and give other options, not this black or white thinking, these multiple choices, you know, that there is a spectrum, there's gray area. It's not always this way or that way. Sometimes, oh, maybe it can be this way, this way, this way, this way. There is shades in between. And, and just knowing that gives you the power, the autonomy that you can choose. You know, so I was like transcending my parenting beliefs and just thinking about like, you know, how our ancestors may have, we didn't get the chance to necessarily bond as mothers with our children. We were 
we were property, you know, um, we didn't have the ability. We black mothers were stripped from their own children, you know, to breastfeed, uh, the, um, their owner's children. And we couldn't even give our own children a nourishment, you know? So just, I was thinking about that. And it's like, they ref- I reflect on these, on these ancestral traits because I'm like, that may be a factor in why I had a, such an issue with bonding with my own child. And I had to transcend the guilt and the shame behind it. And, you know, as I see the light and as I see my son for the light and blessing and miracle that he is like truly seeing it, I always said it, but now I truly believe it. That's why it's believe it until you see it, not see it until you believe it. You have to keep believing it. And then eventually, even, even though you may not truly believe it, you just keep saying the things and eventually your mind will catch up with your soul and your spirit. But so this morning I was just kissing him and I saw him and I'm like, just loving on him and playing with him and, you know, in a good spirit. And instantly I had an intrusive thought like, oh my God, something bad is going to happen to him. And, and that's that fear. Because when you think about ancestrally, think about the history. Every time we've persevered in something as a community, as a black community, as the African-American race, something has happened to us where this agenda to keep our spirits down has ripped it away from us. Um, you know, uh, they they bombed uh, a whole uh, civilization, I mean, you know, like a whole community, um, like the Black Wall Street, or they've stripped us from, uh, like, or you know, with the um, Jim Crow laws, and or you know, the basically as we were trying to pull ourselves up from the bootstraps, as we are always here, something is put into place, some obstacle, some systematic uh, racism, some institutionalized racism. Um, system is set into place to create a roadblock so it's like that mentality has already shifted us our our thought processes into this feeling of um hopelessness and help uh, you know and then it fuels helplessness and victim mentality and this excuse to have a pity party to self to wallow in self-pity instead of empowering us and that's why i want to shift it and and shift the thought process to don't don't wallow don't wallow in self-pity. Don't use it as an excuse to be a failure. Use it as an inspiration to empower you. Make them mad. Like harness your power and say, okay, you say I can't achieve this. You say I, this is this. This is the narrative that we're no good, that we can't achieve anything. Well, I'm going to prove you wrong. And so, but yeah, with those, with that history, it has harnessed the feeling that your mind automatically goes to anxiety, automatically goes to fear when things are actually going right. When when you actually start to feel like levels of success, when you actually start to feel safe because your mind to your mind, to our masa mentality, we are nothing. We are not worthy. We are the slaves that we have been told over and over. We are the unworthy beings that we have been told over and over that we were. That's the masa mentality. So as you're transcending and getting past that, that mentality, you start to see yourself for who you are and and that has resistance because think about it the master don't want you free the master mentality don't want you free that ego that's that type of ego doesn't want you free so what is it going to do it's going to pull it's going to resist so you have to break the shackles you have to break the chains and continue to persevere and continue to ground in you are worthy you are not your mind you are not the way this this imposter syndrome has got you um feeling you are not the um, self-doubt. You're not the lack of self-confidence that this uh, massive mentality has you feeling. 
You are worthy. You are safe. You are divinely guided and protected. You are a child of God. You are safe. So as those fears of success come up, as those intrusive thoughts that your family is not safe come up and that things are going to happen and someone's going to tear your family apart and, and, and something's going to swoop your um your company from under you, something is going to take your child away from you, all of these intrusive thoughts, remember, all thoughts don't deserve your attention. You know, once you label it, once you identify and you know what that is, you can just say, okay, that's just my intrusive thoughts. That's just my fear of success. That's just that massive mentality trying to get me down. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to conquer it and, you know, you know, be ready to fight back, but fight with love because love conquers all, you know, um, comfort your mind, comfort yourself. Because like I said, the mind just has to catch up. You can shift your ego to be that motivator, but until you transcend the mass mentality, it's going to continue to try to resist and hold you down from anything that's changed, whether that's good change or bad change, because the ego perceives change as danger, imminent danger, like, oh, fire, oh, that's going to burn me, because it's new. It's because the ego's lifetime is temporary. As you constantly are shifting and allowing the ego to die or, you know, um, how can I say you're either allowing it to die or you're allowing it to shift and change to be something that motivates you and gases you up. It will resist and will try to continue to keep its life as that identity the same. So it's trying to fight for that for its life. But you just have to comfort your inner child, comfort your mind and say, you know, I know what's best. I know it may not seem like it right now. Create your mantras. Um, have have words to me, I use cliches or my mantras, you know, the things that, that we hear, um, the old folks always saying, you know, God ain't gonna put much on that we can bear, you know, uh, God gives us toughest battles to the strongest soldiers or, um, all of these things give me strength. Find what gives you strength. It may be a song, you know what I'm saying? And, I, and I'm gonna get into that later too, because this is how we transmute our culture and how we transcend the labeling and the depiction of our culture is by finding the the things in it that actually empower us and not hold us down. As long as it's empowering you, it don't matter what people label it or how people perceive it. As long as it's working for you in a positive light, it doesn't matter. Everybody doesn't have to understand it as long as you do. So, you know, also getting back to the reason why these fears come up and this anxiety comes up because the feelings of happiness, bliss, safety are foreign. When you've been in a dark place for so long, when you've been in depression, when you've been in self-doubt and, and baking esteem and low self-worth for so long, happiness, bliss, bliss, those things is foreign. It's kind of like, what is this? What's happening? Your mind is perceiving it as something else while your body is perceiving it as what it is, the reality. The mind is filled with illusions and falsehoods or falsities, whatever, but the body understands, the um, the soul understands, the spirit understands, that's why I always say anchor in faith, because God knows all, your spirit team knows all, and sometimes you have to surrender to not knowing, because your mind is trying to know everything, and trying to create narratives and stories to help you understand, when really those stories and narratives may not always be true, so these foreign feelings of happiness and bliss are being perceived by the mind, is bad because it's change and like i said something that's new and different is perceived automatically by the ego as bad so just having this awareness is empowering because now you can fight and and get ahead of your mind 
Now you're in control of your whole system and you're in the driver's seat and your system is not in control of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, just understanding all of the, um, these things and, the, and, and then understanding the socialization of it, the perpetuation, you know, through family, through people who may not know through their conditioning. You know, you may have old folks that may say things to you that may fuel feelings of fear or, you know, these these ignorances. And it's not their fault. They are part of the conditioning and programming, too. But the more aware you get, the more you're ahead of it. You can watch a TV show and understand that, hey, man, this is this is a depiction of, OK, that's fine. Yeah, this is awareness. But how many stories of innocent black people dying do you need to see to know that it's not news to you like that's how you get ahead of it instead of being like oh my god it's sad 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 i feel like sometimes as the black community you know we feel like we have to stay sad to show that we care we know what's going on and to wait and to me i fight oppression not by wallowing and not by complaining about it but by empowering myself by harnessing those tools and and proving that mind wrong, proving these depictions and these socialized racism and, and the and the stories and the narratives that we're constantly being fed wrong. Okay, you you say this and you say that. All right, I'm gonna prove to you, I'm gonna prove to my mind, I'm gonna prove to my thought process and the society that that is not what it is. You have a choice. Do you are you allowing this music? Are you allowing this show? Are you allowing this uh thing this belief of your mother of your father your grandparents the neighbor down the street you know what they tell you to be internalized and keep your spirit down or are you going to take it and harness it and empower your spirit and fight and it doesn't have to be a violence because i feel like that's a trap too sometimes we feel like hate or these feelings of bitterness and, and resentment is the thing. You don't have to go around hating all white people or hating everybody because you feel like that's what makes you an empowered black person or this is the identity. You're truly black if you feel this way or if you hate white people or if you hate the police or all these things. You know what I'm saying? People may feel some type of way about what I'm saying, but I don't care because I know that love conquers all for me. And I feel like that's, that's my truth. I feel like to conquer the densities of this world, you have to empower your spirit. And feelings of hate, no matter how justifiable you feel they are, is still hate and is still oppressing your spirit. You liberate your spirit by giving it positive, or not necessarily po positive is relative, so I don't, that word, but what I'm saying is by giving it love, by giving it compassion, these loving understanding, love thy neighbor, you know what I'm saying? Um, love thy enemy and kill them with kindness not by necessarily you being nice to them or whatever that means but just by showing that you are not what you think they feel you are because a lot of times it's an assumption it's the depictions it's feeding into this agenda of dividing and conquering don't fall for the traps of your mind and you always have to anchor in how do these things make me feel and based on your feelings, you have the choice and knowing that you can choose to shift that narrative, shift that story, identify what that can be and say, oh, that's just that. I'm not attaching to that. Or allowing it space, just knowing you have all these choices. So coming back to it, when you having these fears, just know, hey, that's just that's just self-doubt. That's just imposter syndrome. That's just post-traumatic slave syndrome. That's just the fear of success. 
I'm not going to let that get me down. I know what's up and I know I'm, I'm, I'm doing something that's actually, let that actually, let these fears be an indication that you're doing something right. Because if, if your mind was comfortable and, and, and if your ego and if that master mentality, if that master on the plantation felt safe and knew that his slaves was all, uh, brainwashed, he wouldn't have no worries. He could sit on that porch and, 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 and chew on that straw and, and drink that tea with no concerns. But the minute they start uprising and, and, and empowering themselves and liberating themselves, you know, with the metaphor, it's the same way as, as you, your soul, you align with your higher self and your soul and you start to empower yourself. Now it's getting a little scared. Now it's feeling threatened. So now it's going to do what? Try to fight and try to get you back down and, and bring you back down and get that whip out. And, and, and it's whipping you with these false stories. It's whipping you with these um, negative um, thought processes. So that's when you have to get stronger. That's when you have to um, reassure yourself that you know what you're doing is right. That's how you fight that imposter syndrome. That's how you fight those fears. That's how you fight that anxiety is by proving it wrong. Prove the ego wrong. Prove the monster mentality wrong. And I just want to do that because as you grow and evolve and change, you are success is going to be a fear. Maybe. But yeah, guys, as always, someone who cares, the spiritual activist, peace, love, light and healing energies. Be open to receiving them. Keep God first. I love you guys. Peace out. Rise and shine your light and opulence. It's a, your girl, the spiritual activist coming to you with another word, message, opinion, theory whatever on the conscious black soul podcast and i'm coming to you today to talk about it's a continuation of my conquering um the mind and you know transcending the ego or the masa mentality for you know the black spirit the african-american spirit in america but i want to start off with a question how do you allow the narratives in your mind the stories in your mind to control your feelings and you to control you and your feelings. Do you let them give you an excuse to be a victim, have a pity party, have low feelings all the time? Or do you allow it to empower your spirit, liberate your spirit and uplift you and keep you going on your journey? Or do you allow it to keep you stagnant in those low, dense feelings? You have the choice and you have the power be ye transformed through the renewal of the mind when you shift your perspective. So I was doing this, you know, Bible plan in this call, winning the battle in your mind. And so it's all about my MO. It was about replacing. Okay. So you have the replacement principle. You have the rewiring principle. You have the reframing principle and you have the rejoicing principle. And all of these are steps that you can take. To shift your mind to create the reality that you want to see the reality for what it is and not for the illusions that your mind has been plagued upon you based on ancestral traits that have been intergenerationally passed down through conditioning and programming that has been instilled through you, through your family, uh, parents, community, or the socialized racism or socialized programming and conditioning that has been um, internalized by you through firsthand experiences and um like media and um, TV, music, other things. Like basically how your perspective makes you see the darkness in things instead of seeing the light in things. And basically how you can shift and find a truth, find truth in that, you know, with 
changing your perspective and knowing that you always have a choice. Everything is not black and white. There is variation in how you can perceive things. And by seeing other people's perspective, it helps strengthen um, your idea that there are always multiple truths to everything. Um, so it goes back to transmuting. I'm going to reiterate a lot of stuff all the time because, like I said, I always say knowing things Hearing things multiple times actually solidifies it in your mind so you can truly understand And Sometimes you fall off that wagon and you need that reminder. So transmuting to me is changing dark to light. That's to me like the basic uh, like spiritual definition. To me, the psychological definition is reframing, um, which is the idea of shifting your perspective, knowing that there's multiple truths. And for me, that's shifting it from something that makes you feel stagnant or low to feeling empowered so it's actually really affects the spirit and your will and your motivation to keep going um and just to understand that you can't always change what happens to you here uh whatever you can't always change what happens to you or what you hear or what you see but you can change how you perceive it so in that statement right there is so powerful you can't always change what happens to you but in changing how you perceive it, that's what empowers your spirit. That's what liberates you. And the more and more you tell yourself these narratives that uplift you, the more and more you reprogram your mind to think positively and to see and be more optimistic, the more and more you'll be able to not let things hold you down as much. And there is going to be resistance because we do live in a more negatively sensitive, centered world. So there may be feelings of, I'm, I'm, I'm done with all this positive. It's, this stuff don't work. This stuff don't. There, there's going to be resistance. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going I'm to prepare you for that. But keep pushing because I'm telling you it works. It helps you. It, 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 it gives you meaning. It gives you, uh, you know, worth, value, even though that you're innately that. But knowing that you are love and light, if you're love and light, how do you show that? Love and light is not density. You That's the opposite. That's what I'm saying. Don't fall into the trap of filling your heart with fear, hate, resentment, and bitterness. You're allowed to hold space for, for feelings and densities because that is part of your human experience. But knowing that you do have the power to choose what you will allow to have space in and not. You getting ahead of it so that you can stay in control of it. And so I want to get into what I feel like is part of my purpose and mission is how to reframe and redefine the connotations to take our power back and our pride back our, you know for the culture because if you think about how black people are perceived in America the depictions and the media and the movies and the sitcoms and everything kind of highlights us to be is okay so we're highlighted in reality but the labeling that goes with the highlight is what is what makes us internalize it as something negative. And so that's why I feel like reframing and redefining is shifting in perspective. When you redefine the connotation. So somebody can say, oh, this girl's loud, so she ghetto. Based on, you can either redefine what ghetto means to you to empower you, meaning, okay, ghetto, I'm, I'm colorful. Or you can just change your perspective and say that you say I'm ghetto. I say I'm having a, a good time. I say I'm I'm being me. I say that I'm I'm not putting myself in a box. I'm not allowing the label of what you what you saying to define me as who I am. So that's that's what I'm saying. So in our in our culture, we have adapted 
and we have a colorful personality. We're eccentric. We're awkward. We're weird. We're goofy. We're funny. We're some hood. Like these things are not bad. We've internalized them as bad because of the depictions that we associate criminal with a hood behavior or what, what we see as hood. You know, we feel like a dude that wears his pants a certain way or, or wears a, a baggy shirt or wears a hoodie or wears a hat turned backwards. That's automatically associated with thug because that's the depiction. You don't see a thug in movies dressed like Steve Urkel. No offense to Steve Urkel because I love this family matters. But you know what I'm saying? Like, so just getting ahead of the matrix and the program in the society and knowing that you don't allow society's depiction to control your thought processes, to control your perspective. And and when you have that awareness of the programming and how it can affect your thought processes, then you can watch certain things without it controlling the way, way you think. You know what I'm saying? Because for me, I'm, I have a very sensitive, I feel like, what I would say, mind or subconscious. So a lot of things I couldn't watch because it was like, oh my God, like this makes me feel this, this makes me feel that. But the more now that I know that it's just how I perceive it and it's just a programming and it's my own internalized feeling of self-hate and internalized feeling of feeling ghetto or hood or, yeah, I have a little bit of these tendencies. And it's hard to explain it because it's like getting out of the label and and getting out of the definitions make it hard to explain. Because when I say I have hood tendencies, I have ghetto tendencies, it's just what society has labeled as hood and ghetto. I just label it as me. I just label it as being black. I just label it as being how my community is. Like, this is just me. This is just it. You're labeling it hood in a negative way. I'm labeling it as hood as it's just me and it's just, it is what it is. Me saying ain't all Bro, chill out. Like something simple as that may be considered ghetto or hood to somebody or me talking proper sometimes may be considered bougie or um, a sellout to somebody. Do you see how people have their own connotations and connotations is basically the meaning you attach to that word. And so when we get to because our society is so big on labeling, labeling, labeling everything and then you add the connotation on top of it, the connotation is what impacts your perspective. It's what makes you internalize it as something bad when really you have the choice to you have the choice to make it to make yourself seem bad or you have the choice to make it seem like it's just you. It's not bad. It's not good or bad. It's just it just is what it is. It's just you. I like to talk loud. You can call it ghetto. You can call it country. You can call it uh, ratchet. You can call it whatever you want. I just say I'm just loud. I talk loud like I'm sorry that society wants you to be in this little proper. I mean, like, you know, just this little box of what they deem is perfection when perfection is the biggest freaking illusion that there is that we feel like anything outside of that box is not uh, good. And then on the other end of the spectrum. So the way we have adapted to these internalizations is that we are on the extreme end. It's like, we, we have no gray other area. So we've just harnessed that label and just said like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be that ignorant nigga. I'm going to be that this or that. Instead of being that too, knowing that you also have a choice. So you don't have to be the extreme of all the way what they say you are. And you don't have to be the extreme of all the way what you aren't. But being in the middle and being true to yourself. Because in the middle of the spectrum, you're being just more true and being what it is. Like you don't have to be ignorant. Because that's what they say, talking loud or um, 
dressing this way or dressing that way or talking this way or, or wearing your hair this way is. Sometimes we internalize it too much and we create these defense mechanisms, but they're only making us, um, our, how can I say, they're only making us the further end of the spectrum and it's still not us. So to find your true self, you have to get out of the illusions and, and redefine the connotations and break away from the labels and break away from the way that we have been uh, depicted to truly see what you are. Yes, I'm loud. Yes, I like to wear uh, um, what's something that's stereotypical. Like, okay, um, I don't know. Um, for guys, yes, I like to wear my baggy pants, or yes, I like to wear uh, my my hoodie or my tall tee or my hat turned my hat turned back, or yeah, I like to wear my grill. You know what I'm saying? Like even me, I want a grill low key, but it's like that may be perceived to other people as ghetto or ratchet or ignorant. I may be automatically be perceived as now she dumb or or now she a thought because she wearing this or now she's a slut because she wearing this or now she's uh she's a tomboy because she's wearing this. No, I'm just me, got dog it. I don't have to be in a box. This society really wants to put you in a box and that's why our culture has this negative depiction on it when to me I don't see I had to transcend that because I used to Look at my own people and be judgmental myself. That's why I'm saying being aware of the Masa mentality of this prejudiced racist mind that we have, that we see our own people as, as bad or dense because it has been shadowed. Being shadowed means it has been deemed bad or dirty or wrong or this or that. So you, so your mind it, to protect you, it'll make everyone else seem bad or wrong. So you don't go to that way instead of being yourself. If that's a part of you, then that's a part of you. Literally, a lot of times, the way when you're judgmental to somebody, that's a reflection of it's kind of a part of you because that's why the judgment is a defense mechanism of the mind, of the ego, of the masa mentality to make you feel like to feel better and being comfortable in being this false self. When really, you really low key want to be somewhat of this other person that you see that you're judging, and that's why you're judging them. That's why to transcend the ego, to transcend the mass mentality, you have to be aware of your judgments, be aware of your prejudices, be aware of your stereotypes, be aware of the programming and the conditioning of, be aware of the ancestral traits that may have been passed down. All of these things, be aware of it, stay ahead of it, stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. Like I look at the culture now, the music, Yes, people can may say, man, all this music is just making you dense. It's how you look at it. Because I can be a spiritual person and listen to the hard, the, the most, quote unquote, whatever hood is, trap music it is. Shoot, I I like listening to Mo3. Uh, I like listening to Rod Wave. You know, some people say um, some music is uh, dense or or. or or just uh, vulgar or this and that. It's Maybe that empowers me. Maybe that lifts my spirit. Maybe that gets me crunk. Maybe that when I want to feel some type of way, when I want to just, you know, get in, you know, groove or whatever, that's what I listen to. But it's also about no understanding and being at a place where you know it's just music. This is just that person's story. This is their journey. We can't strip that away from them. If they want to tell their story and then they want to um, share their ministry is through rap and they want to share their story, I can't say not to do this, but you have the choice. Also, if that fuels you with, with certain feelings and you do have the choice to listen to it, but you can't make everybody else feel like it's not your job to just say they can't do this and they can't do that. You should, shouldn't. It's no shoulds, has to, must. It's choices.
And that's why I say I don't debate or convert. It's about giving everybody their own autonomy, their own personal power. You can listen to whatever you want to listen to. You can dance however you want to dance. You can dress however you want to dance. You can talk however you want to talk. You can wear your hair however you want to wear your hair. That's you. Don't allow society's labeling and uh, social norms, whatever that is, make you internalize yourself as this bad person or this wrong person or this ghetto person or this whatever you feel like holds you down um like the food you know we get a lot of slack for soul food and it's like man i like me some soul food every now and then but you know with the vegan movement and there's nothing against vegan because i do have vegan like i have like why well, do vegan challenges and stuff like that because i do feel like sometimes i need that detox but i do also know that when i tried to go vegan i was like miserable in a sense like at the beginning i mean no not at the beginning like at the beginning i feel great but then it's like okay i like this but wellness for me is the balance of being able to you know have my moments when i eat vegan food and then have my moments when i you know go and eat my barbecue or go and eat this or go and eat that you know i'm always open though if if somebody come to me with a vegan dish i'm not gonna say no i ain't i ain't eating that that ain't real food no i'm gonna try it because i'm always open to it but what i'm also open to is feeding my soul and feeding my spirit. And sometimes that entails eating certain food, but moderation is key. Balance is key. Without no guilt and shame, you can't guilt me to feel bad because I like this food right now. This is where I'm at. If my journey tells me something down the line, then that's going to be it. That, but it's like, this is the judgment that I say. We're, we put too much guilt and shame on each other. And that's why we are not, we're being stuck in our journeys because there's so many roadblocks of the fear of judgment. Me saying this right now gave me a little fear to say that, oh, I'm not vegan and I don't necessarily want to be vegan at this point in my journey. That's hard because I'm like, oh, all the flack that may come because of it. And this is what I'm saying. This is why I say fear is an illusion because it just keeps you stuck. You don't want to move forward. You don't want to be true to yourself and because people can't take you for where you are. People can't accept you for how you show up and where you are in your journey because people want to change you to be in their journey because it makes them feel more comfortable in their belief system because they feel part of their journey is being on the vegan journey. That's great for them. Maybe it's not for you at the moment. Maybe it's not for you at all. And that's okay. The same way we want to extend and we want to be accepted for our beliefs, you have to extend that same thing and accept them for their beliefs. It's a reciprocity of acceptance. That's how you cultivate true healing. But anyway, and like the swag. Shoot, swag is a great way to cultivate self-confidence, self-love, wearing whatever you want to wear. Like, shoot, yesterday I was like tie-dye rainbow from head to toe. I'm like, how loud can I be? I just feel bright. I want to be bright. Somebody may look at me like, oh, she doing the most. What the heck? She got all that on. Like, they don't even match. I don't care. It's what made me feel good. It empowered me. It made me feel like I was sipping out of the boundaries, uh, going against the grain, you know, uh, empowering myself, like being me. Every, it's how you look at things. That's how you reframe it. The TV shows, like, you know, I watched a, a sitcom the other day and it, it was showing, you know, uh, you know, the tried and true depiction of some kids driving and, you know, the cop pulled them over and 
Um, you know, they had the racial profile and, you know, get on the ground and all this stuff. And then, you know, they had the lesson at the end of the show, you know, stuff like that used to give me fear, used to give me anxiety. And it kind of did this time, but this time I made a difference. I, I, I chose to not let it fuel me with anxiety, not let it fuel me with fear. What I chose is to see that this is the awareness that I have now that, yes, this is a truth for some people, but it doesn't mean that this is my destiny. It doesn't mean that this is something that I'm going to go through. It doesn't mean that I have to harbor it and, and and fuel myself with feelings of despair, hopelessness, and 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 all of these low dense feelings. I looked at it as like, hey, um, this is a media depiction. This is a sitcom. Yes, it may have some uh re some truth to it, but it doesn't have to define my life. It doesn't have to stop me and and give me a roadblock to of fear. You have to realize whatever it fuels you with fear transmuted by empowering yourself and not necessarily feeling with conspiracy like uh that's just uh you know there's fear in everything but fear is relative because something I watch that may be fearful to me may not be fearful to you so sometimes conspiracy is an illusion too and we want to blame and point the finger at somebody and we never gonna get justice that way um the they the they we don't know who the they is the they is in your mind so the way you perceive something is how you perceive it. You can choose to perceive it as um, this is a fearful tactic, or you can choose to say, well, it ain't going to scare me because I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I know my spirit. I know I'm protected. I know God got my back. I know, you know, what's meant to happen is going to happen. Ain't nothing I can do about it. And, and you know, I'm going to live my life and I'm not going to be bogged down by whatever the news or whatever the media says is going to happen to me. I choose to empower myself. I choose to empower my people and to know that, you know, you can fight for injustices through empowering yourself and empowering your people. And so these are the ways that I feel like you shift that, you know, that thinking. But like I said, I don't know if I'm repeating myself, but basically um, just being aware, like I said, of those perspectives and stop thinking with your prejudice, racist mind, that monster mentality and basically how you're transcending that is to be aware that we have adaptive behaviors in our culture, that we can choose to accept them and harness them. That self-acceptance from where you're at, knowing that you have that ability to change and evolve as you progress down your journey. It doesn't have to all be one fell swoop. I was doing it and it drove me crazy. Like, give yourself grace step by step. And that you have the power to release and change the things that you want. And you can keep some things. Everything about you is not, none of it is bad or wrong, but you know what's holding you down and you know what's lifting you up. And that's what the self-accountability is. You have to be real with yourself. Now, you know, if you don't eat too much of that soul food and you got the runs, now, you know, it's time to make a change or, or, or go on a detox. You have to listen to your body. Everybody's body doesn't react to food the same way. Everybody's body doesn't react to this music the same way. Our, everybody's spirit doesn't react to music the same way. You know what I'm saying? And just knowing that this is your life, not, you don't have to stop worrying about everybody else. Focus on your inner world. It's enough challenge as it is to, to master self. That's the journey, mastering self. You don't have time to be worrying about what other people are doing in, a, in that sense. You know what I'm saying? Like just uh, micromanaging everybody and trying to make them be on your journey and trying to change them and shift them to do. No, just give them the tools to empower themselves. Just give them the foundation, not the influence. But accepting and loving who we are because our essence is part of the dysfunction. The, the trials and the tribulation, the oppression that we have gone through is what has fueled us to create and uh, not only the dysfunctions, but the adaptability and what I like to call God's grace.
our skills, our habits, our humor, our gifts, our talents, these are what have adapted also, not just the trauma bonds, not just the this that we like to focus on so much. It's a balance. Don't just always beat yourself up and feel like you got to be healing 24-7. There's greatness to you as well. And sometimes you need to put the work down, the self-work down, the the smudge, the, the sage down, the whatever you're doing that's making you think that you got to be better. You're already better. You're already worthy. You're already good. The fact that you're even trying to uh, lift your spirit up and, and not feel stagnant or stuck is a testament that you are good already. You know what you need to do. But basically, yeah, just continue to reframe your perspective, shift your perspective to your to the music, to the shows, to your image, to who you are. That's how you cultivate that pride within yourself. That's how you uh, harness your power, take your power back. That's how you, um, you know, you cultivate self-love. The and, and shifting the way you perceive society to transmute those negative energies. Or, you know, your perspective, all these things, not fueling that inner critic or that ego or that, AKA the masa mentality of this false reality of this false, I did excuse me, identity. But yeah, guys, so I, hopefully this helps you. My intentions is, is that you are able to see yourself for the beautiful handsome whatever you know soul that you are that you know that you know this body you are not your race you are not your um skin color your age your sex those are things you you know that you have chosen to be in these are the challenges and the obstacles that you have chosen to harness because you knew that you had the power to transcend them and get past them and know that you are ultimately a child of god that you are a soul that you are a light that you are love that you are more than what society deems you are. And that's going to be, you know, reiterated again in my coming out the spiritual closet. But yeah, shift that perspective. Replace the lies with the truth. The truth can be found in anything. It can be found in the Bible. It can be found in, uh, you know, meditation. It can be found in nature. It can be found in whatever you deem as truth to you, whatever you want to put in your belief system, whatever you want to use that empowers you, then rewire, rewire the neural pathways in your brain by creating declarations, by writing things out, by constantly affirming to yourself these things, you know, creating I am um, statements, recordings of your voice, writing these things down. That's how you constantly reiterate it. Then reframing, reframing, shifting the perspective to see you know, you can't change what happens to you, but you can change how you see it and knowing that you always have a choice to see things in a way that uplifts you or in a way that keeps you stuck. And then rejoicing to me, rejoicing in the way, knowing that God is always good. Even if in our human experience, the way our mind perceives something as bad, I'd like to perceive it as it's just a challenge that I'm going to conquer. It's just a challenging moment. It's just temporary that God is always good all the time, meaning that even when something is seems wrong or going wrong or bad, he's still good. That's the point of being on this earth. This earth is full with free will. That doesn't mean we we tend to want to blame God or Jesus or 
or whoever we look up to when things go wrong. And that's why we lose our way. And that's why we lose our connectivity with our, with our, with God and spirituality is because we've blamed this. We've blamed God and we've blamed God and we've blamed this outside force for the things that are going wrong with us instead of looking within and actually making a, a active step to change it on our own. Knowing that God gives us free will. He can't control what this person and that person and that person does to you. So things may happen to you that you may feel like, why did this happen to me? Because that person had free will. Because that he's not going to stop that person from cursing you out. They had that free will. They they made that choice that, that may be bad. Like it may be perceived as bad. But you can choose to look at it and say, you know, that has no reflection of God. God is still good. And the more I put faith in him and I call on him, he will show up. And you are knowing that you are always blessed and knowing that you have that power to perceive that situation. What did I need to learn from that situation? I learned that I have the ability to walk away from it. I learned that I have the ability to still give that person love and I have that strength. Loving and being positive is a strength. Being sensitive to things is a, is a strength. This is how you reframe the weaknesses that have, that this society has been deemed weaknesses and this is how you harness that power. This is how you take it back, guys. Like, I really hope you feel me. Like, you understand what I'm trying to tell you. You have that capability to do it. So do it. Replace. Rewire. Reframe. And rejoice. As always, someone who cares, a spiritual activist. Peace, love, light, and healing energies. Be open to receiving them. I love you guys. Keep God first. Peace out. Can we talk about the guilt that I feel like some of us as black people feel when we're trying to build our faith and when we're in the midst of praying and, you know, the voice that's in our head starts telling us, you don't believe in God, you just trying to get some, you just trying to be abundant, you just trying to get some money, bro, you evil, you, you just trying to use God, you just trying to manipulate God, bro, you don't believe in no God, you, you don't, you evil, you this, you that. This voice, this inner critic that's constantly beating us down, that's making us have self-doubt, that's making us have... Have you ever had imposter syndrome so bad that you don't even feel like you're good enough for God, spirit, or whoever, you know, you allow to guide you in your life? And these are the things that I feel like are unique to black people. We've been... Our spirit has been so beaten down and oppressed that people don't realize the, the the kind of inner turmoil we go through because we have been told for so long that we are not worthy that we are this that we are that we're shysty we're manipulative we're this we're that yes we have adapted some of these ways to survive but it doesn't mean that that's who we are and as we're healing that's what we're trying to get away from so that we can come home when we come home, that means we're coming to our true, authentic selves. And our true, authentic selves don't need to manipulate, don't need to um, use people, don't need to um, be opportunists, don't need to be scavengers, don't need to do all this stuff because we know who we are. I just want to tell you, that if this is you, if this sounds familiar, if, if you feel like you're going through this kind of situation, you know, you're praying or... Um, and any time you're praying, that voice comes, creeps up. Just kill that voice with kindness. Tell it, I hear you. I understand you're hurting. You don't know what I have in store and what God has in store is much better than what you've been through. 
Trust me. Allow me to protect you. I'm in the driver's seat now. Comfort your inner child. Comfort your mind. Comfort your body. You as a soul, your higher self, needs to have the self-confidence and self-trust to guide the rest of your being. So, you know, like your mind, your spirit, your uh, inner child. It's your job now to step up to the plate and align more with your higher self so that you can guide in the driver's seat and put the ego in the back seat, put all the the negative mental constructs in the back seat, put all the dense emotions in the back seat, and you step up to the plate and tell them you know where you're going because you have faith in the passenger who is spirit and in the GPS who is God, and they're guiding you to exactly where you want to go. You don't need any help from them. You got it because the team you got, is unstoppable. It can't get lost. It knows the path already. It's been there already. God knows already. God sees all. Just, you know, don't give up. And just keep telling yourself that that voice is just a voice. But you know your heart. Sometimes your mind may be unevolved, but your heart. And sometimes the mind takes a little while longer to catch up to the heart, to the spirit, to the soul. Don't allow your thoughts to fuel feelings that keep you down. Don't allow your mind to steal your power. You reflect on these thoughts and feelings, observe these thoughts and feelings, but don't attach or identify with these thoughts and feelings. You're not an evil person. You're not a bad person. You're not a manipulative person. Having certain traits and ways don't define you. The awareness of these traits and uh, ways actually give you the power to be ahead of them. Like I always say, stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. It helps you stay aware so that when these things creep up, you know what it is. And you can just label it and, and detach from it. You don't have to identify with it. You can say, oh, that's just my mind. That's just my thoughts. Or that's just my anxiety. Or that's just my fears. Or that's just my paranoia. Or that's just my distrust. Because at the end of the day, you know all you are is just love and light as a child of God. That's how you continue to recenter yourself and through this healing journey. Because trust me, every time I pray, I feel like as African Americans, we feel very torn. Um, But yeah, sometimes I feel like as an African American, we sometimes feel pulled in multiple directions because when you think about the history ancestrally we felt abandoned or you know by our ancestors you know when we were taken over through slavery and then we also feel but we feel yet we feel torn because we feel fostered by the colonizer who we were beaten into submission and forced to believe you know this is our savior. This is, but the same person who's our savior is also our abuser, our rapist, our, um, and this is the only idea of love that we have, which is, I'm going to do a whole nother video on, but it only explains why the love that we show 
has such a root of dysfunction and, you know, trauma attached to it. But um, these are all still things to say that at the essence, though, we, are, we still uphold the loyalty and the strength behind the love, the effort to, to put in that work. And that's what I'm just saying. Hold on to that. You haven't lost it. You haven't lost the love. Your heart is not hardened. Just soften up a bit. Don't fall into the in, into the tug of war game of this inner turmoil between, you know, your soul and your mind. Dismantle the masa mentality by proving it wrong, doing everything that it doesn't stand for, supporting one another, complimenting one another, uplifting one another, loving yourself, loving the way you look. Embracing the way you look, being proud of the way you are, authentically. Going against the grain if that's where you see fit. Not, so not how can I say, adapting to a culture that is what I feel prescribed or infiltrated into our culture. You know, it's fine to do certain things, but being aware and mindful that some stuff is designed to keep you in a state of dense energy to keep you in a state of um, autopilot or sleep or manipulating your psyche to feel this way about yourself, feel this way about your people, feel this way about women, feel this way about men. Just being aware of all these things. The, the Like I always say, the awareness is about 90% of the work because you stay ready, so you ain't got to get ready. Yeah. Just keep God first, keep the faith, keep pushing. As always, someone who cares, the spiritual activist, I love you guys. Peace out. This is an official dedication to all of my most benevolent, venerated ancestors who have helped me along on my journey to Dehudi, Arto, to Het Haru, to my grandma, Frances Fontenot. Thank you all for being with me throughout my healing journey. And guiding me to guiding me and my people to salvation. I hope that this dedication venerates you in some way and gives you the love, light, and acknowledgement that you so truly deserve.